What is going on to crew? If you have not signed up yet for the Irish Clover 5 Miler in Drake, UMass, you are running out of time. The race is happening on March 12th. If you can't show up in person, there's a virtual component of the race. So get to our Instagram bio. There's a link there. Sign up for it. If you are in person, check out the championship belt that you can win there. The thing is unbelievable. You got to give it a shot. You got to go after it. You're running out of time. This is your chance. And if all else fails, if you don't care about the championship belt or any of that stuff, the post-race party is where you got to be. It's the best post-race party in all of road racing. We will see you there. Sign up now. Now let's get into this episode. This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing. Featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. As soon as you are able, woman, I am willing. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world. Peak too early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who's somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike. How you doing? I'm doing good, Steve. I uh, I'm I'm trying to rediscover myself as a runner right now. Right, so there's the way I see it is there's three very distinct types of runners. Right, there's the the get up and run before work kind of guy who we've talked about. I think at nauseum. Right, that guy is I think who we all want to be, but we're also like super annoyed by and kind of hate at the same time. There's the run after work guy, which is who I've been my whole life. And I don't think I realize how miserable of a life that is until I've rediscovered myself as a run at lunch kind of guy. That's what I've been doing. I've been running at lunch at work. And it's like, I used to charge my lunchtime, you know, at, at work, we would throw like, um, America Says on the television, which is a knockoff family feud, and we'd all get together, and we'd eat our lunch and watch America Says, and I like that time, but there's something like reinvigorating about having your alone time at lunch, at work, and then I am way more productive in the afternoon, and the idea of like being able to get home from work and not having to go for my run is a great thing, so I've rediscovered, I'm trying to rediscover myself as a run from lunch kind of guy. And if you run at lunch, then you're better than everybody else in the office, right? So, yeah, the first couple of times I tried to do it, I, I didn't want to be that guy, right? Like telling everybody I'm running for lunch, I just kind of snuck out. But like I said, we have our tradition where we all sit around and watch America Says. So people started to notice and I very quickly became, you know, the asshole that runs at lunch. <laughs> but you know what? It is what it is. Well, Mike, I... I woke up at 4.30 this morning to because uh, I had to get on the road. I was traveling for work today. So I woke up at 4.30, got a little bit of work done. As soon as I got up, my plan was to be out the door by 6.45 this morning for my run. I ran at 6.45 today, but 6.45 p.m. So that's how my morning went. I woke up with the intention of running early in the morning. It didn't happen. And that's you know, when I plan to run in the morning, that's how it goes. I'd say nine out of 10 times I end up running at night. Very rarely do I end up getting out the door in the morning. I just hate 
Well, I won't say I hate because once once you get it done, it's a great feeling. But I I struggle to run in the morning. So like to run before work is a tough. I think running midday, finding time to run at lunch midday, that's the best kind. I think that's the best type of run. I th- I still do firmly believe the run before work situation is the best, but unless you do that for like three months straight, it's impossible because I think we have all been in that situation. We've decided we're going to be that person and you do it for like two days and you think you're like, Oh, I've, I've got this now. Well, day three or four comes around. Maybe you stayed up a little too late. Maybe you had like a, a beer after work or something like that. As soon as you miss one day, you feel like the biggest like piece of garbage. When your alarm goes off and you consciously make the decision in the morning to shut it off and go back to bed instead of running, it's over. Like it, the, the second you have that day, you being a morning running person is just over. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Well, you know, I'm gonna. I it's my goal to get on the morning running routine, especially as we get into the warmer months. Um, especially as I get into the heart of my marathon training. The only way this marathon is going to happen is if through the summer I become a regular run in the morning person. I'm well aware of it. That's why I'm trying to get it going now, unsuccessfully, but I'm trying to get it going by now. And a message to some of the two crew that reached out to us today asking if today was woodwork day. Today was not woodwork day. Today was a big step, big step in the right direction. We had a 60 degree day. We had a ton of ice melt, ton of snow melt. We saw the sun. I mean, it was kind of gray most of the day. We saw the sun for a little bit this morning, but it was warm, but it wasn't woodwork day. We just, we do need to clarify for the people what woodwork day is. Mike, I'll, I'll let you kick off. I, I have some, some, some key markers for what Woodwork Day is and why today wasn't Woodwork Day, but I think it was you and Trent. Oh, before we get into this, we have yeah, to- Yeah, I, I was about to say, we haven't even addressed the elephant <laughs> we, in the room here. We, we gotta, Trent is not with us today. We, yeah, um, we kicked him off the podcast. He's well, done. Uh, he said some inappropriate things, and uh, he's suspended for, for you know, the, the foreseeable future. Yeah, well, or you could go on the Twitter- I tweeted out a video of Trent uh, unsuccessfully training for his running with the Bulls uh, that he's doing, I think, this summer. So, uh, yeah, so that's – if you're wondering why Trent isn't here, just go to their Twitter timeline and check out the video of him getting absolutely destroyed by a bull. Um, So I have not seen this video, uh, but as we continue to talk here, I'll slowly pull it up and I'll, I'll watch it. So anyway, so I'll 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 phrase you know I'll I'll kind of I'll kind of frame uh, Woodwork Day a little bit here, and you can tell me where I'm wrong. But Woodwork Day, it needs to be at least seventy degrees. If if it's not seventy, I don't know if you you can't you can't call it Woodwork Day. Some may argue it needs to be in the eighties, but I think it needs to be at least seventy degrees. The sun needs to be out shining. It can't be a gray day. And I think the the key determining factor is it's the first, like, if you, when you were in college, it's the first sundress day. Everybody knows, I think woodwork day coincides with sundress day. It's the day that the girls decide to wear their sundresses for the first time since, since the the summer, essentially. Yeah, right, right. That was the genesis of woodwork day, but we've, we've adapted it now to, to that day when it's like, everyone knows it you go for your run and all of a sudden everybody on planet earth is a runner. And I will say that there was definitely 
you know, more than your average February runners out on there today. But I think a big part of it is like what the running attire is. Like you need everyone, everyone needs to be shorts and like tank tops, t-shirts. Like it is not, no mistaking that the outfits that you are wearing are different today than they were yesterday. And the, uh, I would say the amount of people on the roads that day is like distinctly, it's overwhelming. Like you would think there's a damn road race in your neighborhood that day because there's that many people out there like today i'm sure i'm sure the hardcore runners the people that have training been training all winter there was plenty of split shorts out there today but the non-runners the people that got out there today they were wearing long sleeves and pants and so there's you can't you can't have that kind of discrepancy between what people are wearing woodwork day is when all the runners come out of the woodwork and everybody's wearing their their warm weather attire I'm I'm watching this Twitter video. I've I've, <laughs> I've let it, I've let it run repeat like ten times, and it it makes it's shocking every time, and it makes me laugh every time. I Tell probably me. shouldn't be laughing at this guy who just <laughs> may be dead. I don't know. He it's possible he's dead. Tell but, me that's uh, not Trent. Tell me that's yeah, not Trent. But yeah, I mean, it looks like it looks like Victor Idaho in the background there. That that tell me that's not Trent. The fact. That trends on here means we can, you know, we can talk a little trash here. The fact that Trent is, you know, Mr. Frickin' Glass, Mr. Ice Bones, thinks that he is not going to get injured. I don't even know if he doesn't think, but, like, to even put himself in that situation. I mean, I am just waiting for the day (laughs) that we, like, record our podcast and he, like, for like the 12th time does his like subtle intro about how he's depressed and how his like bones are broken and how he can't run for another 12 months. Like it's just, he's it's coming, bound to happen. He's coming back in a body cast. There's like no way yeah. he doesn't come back in a full body cast. So, and to be honest, if there's anybody who would a pull off a body cast and like fully embrace the life of being in a body cast, I think it's Trent. Like he is a very active person. Obviously, he prefers to be to to be active, but like he's also a very adaptable person. And I think he would just like own being in a body cast. Explain to me how you pull off owning a body cast, though. I don't know. He would find a way. Like he he would have some kind of like scheme and strategy about how like you know. He, he's figured out life now that he's in a body cast. Yeah, okay. I, you know right. what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm not, a, he becomes not a Bitcoin million. He becomes a crypto millionaire exactly. just because he has the time and ever, exactly. all he can do is say, okay, you're right. He'll, he'll figure out a way. You, you've convinced me. Something he would figure something out. So. so maybe, yeah, maybe the best thing for Trent is to end up in a body cast. That's true. Not that we're rooting for it, but no, no, but it might be good for him. We do have to get a camera on him somehow down there. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how we're gonna do it. I can't. I can't. I can't make the trip. But we'll. We gotta. We gotta somehow get a camera on this. I. I might be able to pull some strings. Make sure we get some. Uh, some you know exclusive footage of Trent running with the Bulls. We'll. We'll see how that goes. Oh man. Well, you know, and and, and we're talking about running here. We're talking about needing to stay healthy. But the reason is, is Mike. Do you know how many days we have left until the Indianapolis Marathon? Nope. 
Take a guess. Um, all right, I'm gonna try to do as quick as I can. So nine months, nine times three. I would say like two hundred and sixty-five. Two hundred and sixty-one days. All right, I was pretty that's- close. Okay, how I do just, you like feel? off the top of my head? I was like, we have about nine months. Yeah, that's, that's three, like- a month is thirty days. Nine times three is two seventy. I'm gonna give myself five days of you know wiggle room here. So that was pretty good. Some like Rain Man stuff right there. Yeah. How how knowing that how do you feel you can make the most out of this 250 days? Uh, <laughs> do can I? Can you get yourself in reasonable marathon shape in 250 yeah. days? Yeah. I am. I mean, this is no surprise, but I am the furthest from marathon shape by far at like, as we stand in this very moment, if we had to take a single moment in time, that I am furthest away from marathon shape. It is, I ran today, so maybe it's not today, but probably yesterday. Like I am as far (laughs) as I possibly could be from marathon shape. But I was on my run today, I was kind of like doing the math in my head. And I think to me, like an appropriate marathon, like training cycle is like somewhere between three and four months. So as long as by the three or four month mark, I can get myself back into like consistent, like I don't need to be in great, like, you know, doing crazy miles or anything like that, but just like be consistent and be feeling good and be getting runs in every day and be doing long runs. That's as long as I take that time. So what what is September, August, July. So like I have to like June or July, to be a runner again and then i hit a marathon cycle and then once i hit the marathon cycle i'll be good so that's kind of how i'm viewing it right now all right all right i i like that way of thinking yeah that see i'm kind of in a similar way of thinking but what i'm doing right now is i am training to not get injured when that time comes because anybody can say you know anybody who's had a background in running can like say okay three four months out my training cycle starts now but even if you have a background in running and ramping up like that, staying injury-free is going to be the key. So everything I'm doing right now is just preparing myself to make sure that I avoid injuries when that time comes. So I would say, I would still say, even though, even though yesterday you were as far away from marathon shape as you've ever been, I would say the three of us are, are – everything everything given i think the three of us are pretty much are pretty much you know pretty even in this like i think we can get pretty close now there might be some slight skews here and there but we're all we're all pretty close to even if vegas was putting a line on this what do you think i mean you're clearly the fittest no question you're the well but but in terms of marathon no if we go out and run a 5k tomorrow yes but mike look at like I, I'm like, I'm like 20 to 30 pounds away from where I need to be. And I'm still, even at 20 or 30 pounds, I'm still heavier than both you guys. Look at what happened in the David Goggins thing. Like I come day two, I couldn't keep up with you because once it got, it got over a certain distance, I just didn't stand a chance. So in terms of a marathon, no, if we go on 5k tomorrow, I smoke you guys, but, yeah. but, mar- but yeah. once, once we get over a half marathon, my my ability 
plummets. So no, I don't. I don't think I'm. I, I'm. I hear you saying. Like I'm at the point where it's like you know my Irish Clover five mile performances have not been stellar by any stretch of the imagination. I'll be lucky if I finish the Irish Clover five mile. But I, I I do hear what you're saying. Where it's like, I think it's one of those things where at this point there's only so much you can do to get ready for a marathon, right? Like we are, we're far enough away where it's like, we haven't, you haven't even started really putting the hay in the barn yet. You know what I mean? There's the the saying at the end, the hay is in the barn. You can't even really put the hay in the barn yet. At this point, you're saying like, you just need to make sure like the structural integrity of the barn itself is doing okay right like, I need that we to make sure like, the foundation isn't cracked yeah, that it's, exactly that, that it's not it's not crumbling beneath the barn and that that's kind of like i'm i'm building the barn right now i can't put any hay in the barn until the barn is built so i i i, I guess if vegas is taking everything into account assuming that trent in his injury heals and he doesn't die running with the bulls and assuming that I can get back on a consistent program and Vegas takes all that things into account, then I, I like what you're saying. And I, I think that's fair. I think, Trust I think me, it's fair. Mike, my barn, my barn will be one of these prefab jobs. These it will be yeah. a beautiful state of the art prefab job is being built in a factory somewhere down in in North Carolina right now, and they're going to put it on the truck and they're going to ship it up to Lowell, Massachusetts. It's going to be a beautiful barn. My job is to make sure that we're not putting that barn on sand. We're putting it on a solid concrete foundation that's nice and level. It's not going to get any water in the basement. Like that's my job right now. So my job is significantly different than you and Trent's. I understand, but you know, we we have the same amount of work ahead of us. Yeah. My barn is like, you know, 10 years ago was a beautiful beautiful barn but just like nobody's cared for that barn in a very long time and it started to rot we found some asbestos in there (laughs) you know it's just like it needs a paint job and some some uh you know savvy um you know guy who watch is uh what's that show yeah hgtv he found this barn and he sees the potential, but sees that it's far away from what it used to be. And he's like, we're going to tear this thing down, man. We're going to tear it to the ground and we're going to rebuild, you know, not maybe as some like, holes in the roof. Yeah. Yeah. It won't be exactly. It won't be as like, shingles. It won't be as like, you know, beautiful and like, you know, big and all these things as it won't be able to fit as much hay as the old barn, but we're going to work with, with what we got and, you know, maybe patch this thing up and, 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 you know, get it ready to hold some hay. So that's what, that's where I'm at with my part. All right. All right. I like it. Um, so I, I guess where I'm going with this in talking about how we feel 260 days out from this race is I think we need to, and we need to, you know, and we're, we're just kind of laying the foundation. Maybe we need to establish this, with Trent on the pod next time. But I think we need to put some significant skin in the game to compete against each other, because I think a, it's going to make it more fun. It's going to be true to what peak too early is all about. And, and, and then C it's going to be the only way that we actually 
train to our fullest potential for this race. If we all put some skin in the game, we got to figure out what it is. We got to figure out if it's cash, if it's some, you know, some type of, you know, thing that the loser has to do. We have to make, we have to put some stakes. We have to, we have to put some significant stakes, whatever they may be to, to make sure that when we line up on race day, we get the race day butterflies and we're trying to beat each other in that race. And I think you touched on it there. No matter what, we're going to put cash on this, right? That's what we do. That's what we've always done. So we're always going to continue to do. Uh, so that's like kind of like par for the course. I don't know if that's going to be the thing that makes this, uh, you know, something different, something special. Um, I think that's just something that's going to happen. I think it needs to be something beyond that, whether it's like a punishment for the loser, like you said, or whether we, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I need a brainstorm. There's something there when, when you're talking, there's wheels are turning, but I don't think it can just be cash. Look, we're going to do the, we're going to do a cash bet. I mean, that's going to happen, but the idea of the loser having to do something or maybe like a tiered punishment for a second. And th- I, I don't know. I don't know. There's something there, but I, I think that's the way we need to go. Okay. I think there, needs, there I think there needs to be something very legitimate to lose. And I'm also thinking about, how can how can the um the two crew participate in these stakes and one thing i was thinking is what if what if you know you could pick which one of us you thought was going to win and the people that pick picked whoever win gets an exclusive piece of apparel or we do something like that or if there's like say like less people pick you Mike right and and so say like you know 10 people pick Trent eight pick people pick me two people pick you if you win those people those two people get something greater than the rest so I, I'm trying to figure out like if there's a way to incorporate okay. the crew and make this make this fun for so my wheels are turning but we're gonna get something going but you know from the beginning when I when I swindled you guys and talked to you into doing this part of it was putting something drastic on the calendar to make sure that we stay committed and we get our asses back into shape. And the other piece of it is that this is going to be the 2022 mileage challenge. We, and I, I, you know, I think that forever, you know, I want to keep this tradition going forever that me, you and Trent, and if other people want to join into it once a year, we figure out some type of running, some type of endurance thing, just to keep ourselves honest, just to challenge ourselves and so this is, this is the 2022 mileage challenge. So I want to make it competitive and I want, I want the two crew to participate in some way. So maybe this is something we need to discuss offline, but whatever, we're open. We'll talk about it right now. It just hit me. What if, you know, I agree. There needs to be something for like to recognize or, or a prize or, or I don't know, some, something, but what if the way that people, you know, pick or, you know, nominate whoever they think is going to win or bet on whoever they're going to win is like we each put out, customize a specific piece of merch, have it all be, you know, whether it's $10, 15 bucks, that's how you declare your allegiance so i make a shirt or a hat or something like that put it on sale mm. 
and then how you buy like pick your thing and i don't know if it's like if your person wins you know your piece of apparel is free of cost or something like that you know what i mean but then that way it's like we got people wearing my merch versus people wearing your merch and like that's how they can support you you know it's a very concrete way what if we do this the three of us all make a different piece of apparel. Like you said, like so one of us can be a hat, the other can be a shirt, or even if there are three different shirts with three different designs. Sure. And everybody buys into it, whether it's 10, 15 bucks or whatever. Everybody that wants to participate buys into it. And whichever one, whichever one of us wins is the shirt that gets made. And everybody that bought into it gets the winner's shirt. I see. I see what you're saying. Or that's that's a different. We can we can talk about this, but there's some fun ways to go about this. Yeah, I I, I, I there's something there. Yeah, we I need, agree. we need Trent's stupid brain on here to 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 bring us to that next level. But there's something there. So I or maybe somebody can hit us up and say, hey, this is what you guys need to do. I don't know. There there's something there for sure. So we we have a you know I've already heard from a from a from a bunch of people. Um, we got a crew going out there and there's going to be, there's going to be a contingent that's already in Indianapolis. That's part of the two crew. Um, I spoke with chief chief at bell lap the other day and uh, the, the after party bar is secured. So the post race party, it has already been booked. It's already secured. So the bell lap P2E collaboration post race party is already set. We have the bar. I mean, like the most important part is already set. Like just, I just, I just want you to picture this. Like we kill ourselves running this race. We go out there and then we, we go back to the, to our Airbnb. We shower up. We, it's a Saturday night. So we don't have to worry about leaving that night. We can leave on Sunday or Monday, whatever. And then we go to the bar and we party with the whole two crew all night. I mean that. I mean that. That just sounds. And and I and I. He he said, "All right, we already got the bar secure." And I just said, "I said, Brent, I just need to know one thing. Like, I'm gonna want music. Like, I'm gonna want to party. I'm gonna want to go nuts." He's like, "Don't worry, we're, we're gonna have all that set. We can get a DJ or whatever." So, uh, does, does, the, the, does the bar have Miller Light on tap? Yep. And yep. Okay, I, I said, yep. We need Miller Light. I check, check, check. We got all of it. All right. Very good. I was running with a guy. I was running with uh, our guy Paulo last night or two nights ago, and he said he was uh, after the Super Bowl. He had a couple beers or whatever, and he was just he was just feeling pumped up about Indy. So he booked his flight. He booked his hotel. So people are already (laughs) booking, making their arrangements in February for this two crew party on November fifth. So um, like it's it's gonna be a good time. Like I I I am. I'm pumped up for this. I mean, it's, it's a ways away, but I'm pumped up for this weekend. Um, and you know, we, you know, now we just got to do the work. We got to start grinding. So, and if, if you haven't signed up yet, I mean, we still got a ways away. Like I said, we're still building barns out here. You still have time to sign up and, and build your barn. So, well, um, so we got, we got, we got one race on the, the, on the other side of the calendar, 260 days away. And we have another race that is less than a month away. The Irish Clover five miler in Drake and Massachusetts is coming up. We've talked about it a bunch of times. 
guys, we're bringing the belt back. You know, who who wants the the, the peak too early championship belt, uh, 100 bucks uh, and the championship belt to the winner. And we're adding another prize onto this for the winner. Uh, uh, crack, crack hot sauce. Crack as in like the Irish crack. Like what's the crack, Mike? We went to Ireland. You know all about That's the right. crack, right? That's yeah, right. so crack hot sauce. It's a hot sauce company out of Lowell, Massachusetts. Got a got a DM from the from the owner the other day. He's a good guy. He said, "Hey, throw some hot sauce into the mix for the podium finishers." So if you're on the podium, you're gonna get a whole bunch of stuff. So um, yeah, so that's coming up. And and you know the weather today just got got the got me in the you know the the feels about you know the springtime racing. You know, there's nothing for me as much as I love fall running. March races, St. Patrick's Day races, when you get those 50 degrees, 60 degree days, the sun's out, but there's like still the snow banks out there and you finish, you got the Guinness, you got the Irish music. It, it, it Summer is right around the corner. Those are my favorite types of road races. And the weather, like you said, the weather, you can't beat it. Like early spring, late winter, you're, you're used to, uh you know minus 10 degree weather and now you're getting these like we had that the irish cover two or three years ago and it was like 65 degrees it was like the the best day of the year weather wise um so you can't beat that uh, also steve i got a little bit worried when you started saying that we're giving away crack to yeah. the podium finishers but i mean We've talked about it before, but unique prizes at road race is we love, right? Like you see so many of the exact same things. The chance of this championship belt and hot sauce. I don't think I've ever seen the hot sauce given away as a prize. And I love trying new hot sauces, right? Like we all have our hot sauces that are our go-to hot sauce. But when you have like a different new unique hot sauce that you try and it's like, oh man, that just, you know, that just blew me out of the water there you, you love that so i'm happy we're not giving away crack but i am happy we're giving away <laughs> crack hot sauce yeah that's right that's right well so hey yeah do us a favor i mean do us a favor sign up you know help the podcast out help the crew out a little bit um but at the same time you know it's going to be a great event like it's it's money well spent so we'll see you out there all right mike we got uh quite a bit of news to get into so why don't we kick off the running news yeah, this week is like really track nerd heavy. So, you know, we, we fluctuate. That's, that's what Pete Durley does. Some weeks we talk about like ridiculous stories about some guy getting chased by a mountain lion or something like that. Today we're talking like straight track. Um, so I think we should start at the most recent news um, at a Diamond League meet. Yakovinka Brinson just broke the indoor 1500 world record uh i think we're we're pretty much on the record of being a, a Jakob ingebrigtsen podcast here um we've said everything there is to say about Jakob. he's a gold medalist now he's an indoor world record holder i mean this guy is still you know a baby out there on the track and I don't remember exactly what my declaration was, but I think I said something along the lines of by the time he's done, he's going to be the greatest to ever do it. I clearly still believe that. Steve, what else do we have to add at this point about Jakob? 
So my first thought is crossing the finish line, he kind of puts his fists up, makes a, you know, kind of, you know, does muscles or whatever. It looks like he's got a new tattoo on his shoulder. I cannot take this guy serious with his absolutely ridiculous kind of piece together tattoos. Like if Jakob showed up one day and had like a full sleeve, like a legit sleeve done with like nice tattoos, I'd be like, I'm all in on Yaka, but these little like weird designs that he's got kind of scattered all over his body. I can't take it. Like he looks absolutely ridiculous, especially yeah, like when, for- when you're a world record holder, gold medalist, like isn't everything you do just like swaggy? Like, isn't like, can't you like, you know, tattoo a Teletubby on your arm and like everyone oh. goes nuts. You know what I mean? Like, so, but like, here's the thing. He's got kind of like from the from the neck up. He's got this like real clean cut look about him. You know, he's got the hair part. He looks like a a clean cut guy. And so, like, if he did that, and then he kind of went like, I forget what what kind of what kind of you know um, style they call it. But you go clean cut from the head up, and then you do like the sleeves and like tattoo. I'd be like, that's really quirky and interesting. Like, that's my guy. But he's got these like doodles. Just these like random doodles all over his body. Now they're starting to creep up into his shoulder. Like, dude, I can't. When you were doing the wolves and shit on your on your thighs, like, you know, that's one thing. But now it's like it's next to like the Nike symbol on his on his singlet. He just looks like a weirdo. I can't take it. But yes, Jakob is on the fast track to being the greatest runner you know, maybe we've ever, you know, we've, we've ever seen in kind of mid distance on the track and who knows what he can, what he can do as he continues to, to grow, expand his events. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, 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 I'm going to get in trouble. Um, Oh boy. Oh boy. Like, I just hope that we don't have a ride and dirty segment on Jakob. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. You know, I love a good ride and dirty and, and Hey, I've been that guy. I I know. I know. I hate it. I I hate it. But I just don't want to get to the point where like everybody that's good we just start assuming know, the worst. Know. You know what I mean? But this guy, he 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 might as well be Ivan Drago. <laughs> like the guy does most of his miles on a treadmill. He is like legitimately created in a lab. Like I just I, I I'm not saying I'm not saying that this will happen or that, that I'm spec I'm just saying I hope it doesn't happen. Yeah. I I hope it doesn't happen too, and if it does, I'll be the first one defending him. So. Yeah, I know. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, um, uh, I I was about to say I don't disagree with anything you said. I think I disagree with a lot of things you just said. Actually, I I think it's I agree with you in the fact that his tattoos are ridiculous. But again, I am like on the. Uh, like the side of things like Michael Jordan, right? Like Michael Jordan has earned the status. I'm not comparing Jakob to Michael Jordan. Let me be very clear with that. But like Michael Jordan has earned the status where it's like essentially anything he does is cool at this point, right? Like he is so like his superstardom in the sports world is so huge that anything he does is cool. At some point it's like, 
if Jakob just continues to dominate everybody and just be a complete world beater, then it's like he can do whatever he wants and it's cool. And like we will have a new generation of little runners coming up in like high school with these little doodles all over their arms because they think that's cool and they see Jakob doing it. So Yes, I don't know like, if I agree honest, with that. Honest, I don't on a know surface level, Jordan, it's... Jordan, Jordan, Jordan has he dominated his sport and he has essentially defined culture as like primarily streetwear culture because of how cool he was before he became the the greatest of all time. You gotta. That's what I'm saying. Is like when you pair when you pair this inherent like coolness and swagger with this unbelievable talent you're there's no stopping you and what i'm saying is he has this unbelievable talent and i'm just saying Jakob, like let's kind of refine this well, this personality a little bit and make sure we're getting the pairing of this coolness and this talent because right now it's not adding up for me here's a great example and the fact that we haven't talked about the super bowl at all yet is is a, a crime but Throughout the playoffs, all I kept hearing about is, like, these ridiculous and stupid outfits that Joe Burrow is wearing to games and, like, how cool and swaggy and confident he is. And, like, that was, like, the the thing. They were nicknaming him, you know, uh, Joe Cool, like, taking one of, like, the greatest quarterbacks of all time's nickname because he was wearing these, like, ridiculous outfits, but going out there and, like, bawling out. Literally the next day after he loses the Super Bowl, I'm hearing on sports radio about how ridiculous he looked in his stupid outfit that he wore to the Super Bowl. And it was like no more than like 24 hours that people would not shut up about how cool Joe Burrow is. So when Jakob is out there smoking everybody, it's like he's Joe Burrow. Like he's so cool. He can't do anything. If all of a sudden he starts throwing stinkers out there, then those tattoos start looking ridiculous real quick so i think there's like there's definitely a sliding scale there there are some looks that will never ever ever work but even like the dopiest looks in the world get elevated when you are dominating the world and i think all yakub has to do is stay on top of the world and his stupid tattoos will be okay we we all know we all know the guy that come championship season cross-country championship season gets the mohawk right and if you're good if you're good it's the coolest thing in the world (laughs) but if like you're number seven number eight on the team dude like no mohawk for you like so um but even like when like teams like do things like i remember like we used to you know our our teams things we would just like grow out our facial hair to disgusting levels yeah but like if you're beating teams and you all look like you know idiots with your stupid facial hair then like it's a team thing it's cool the second you start losing to teams it's like you just look like assholes and it it completely falls apart so i hear what you're saying would you know if it was anybody but Jakob, i would say those tattoos stink but i mean what are you gonna do the guys the guys on top of the world right now can I just say that this is the peak too early difference right here? Like, <laughs> I just ran the world record, and, and we just spent 15 minutes talking about his tattoos. Right. Listen, 
that's why you turned it to peak too early, right? Yeah, that. I, I was a say? little. I was a little afraid we were going to get a little too nerdy today, and we still probably will get nerdy. But um, my last thing on that, Steve, I don't remember exactly what my take is on the world record lights. You know, 95% of the time when the world like record lights are on, they don't mean anything because nobody breaks the world record. When you do break the world record lights, and on the last lap, you can see exactly where the world record lights are for the viewer. It is. It's the coolest thing. It's the coolest thing. So, if I had bad takes about the world record lights in the past, forget I said them. Delete those episodes. Erase them from Spotify. World record lights are awesome. What if? What if you just gave me an idea? What if world record lights went on just in the last quarter mile or last eight hundred? Right? Or like only when the world record was actually in jeopardy. When it was in contention, right? Yeah. Like if you're within, if you're within, I don't know, 15, 20 meters of the world record in the last lap, then they come on or something like that. You know, uh, that would be, that would be the most exciting yeah, thing. Yeah, because nobody knows, needs to know the world record lights in like lap one of a 5k. Yeah, exactly. But if all of a sudden you're watching the race and they hit like the 800 meter mark and the, the world record lights turn on, then you're like, oh boy, yeah. this is awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, okay. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, I think we just solved the one of the biggest controversies in the sport. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, let's move on from a world record to an American record. Grant Fisher, friend of the program, breaks the American 5K indoor record in a time of 12.53. We, again... Grant Fisher is a guy that obviously during the Olympics, you know, raised his status and, uh, to a new level. He was a guy who, you know, we knew was good. I don't think we knew how good he was until he doubled in the Olympics and was just like a complete badass. Um, but we're at a point now, and I think it's still kind of like shocking to say, like it still feels weird to say, but Grant Fisher, I mean, the the American 5K, 10K goes through Grant Fisher at this point. Like, American distance running on the track goes through Grant Fisher. I, I, I don't know. Something about that still feels weird to say, but it is the truth. Nobody has had a better last, I don't know, 10 months than Grant Fisher has. Like, he went from a very good runner with amazing potential to arguably one of, if not the best 5k, 10k runner in the country. I mean, the guy is in the world. It, uh, one of, in the yeah. Yeah. I mean, the guy is just, he's been unstoppable this year and it's fun to watch and you watch him in that 5k and man, he looks you know, I, I think my coming out of college, coming out of college, my biggest complaint for Graham Fisher was that in the last mile, the you know, the home stretch, he had the pain face. His shoulders would come up. He looked like he was grinding. But you watch that 5K. The dude looked unbelievably strong that entire last mile. Not a, 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 a smidge of pain on his face not his form didn't break for a second he looked strong as hell he must be 
in addition to his crazy training, he must be grinding it out in the gym. Like the dude looked, he just looked awesome out there. And man, like I didn't see this coming. I don't think anybody saw this coming, but Grant Fisher is a man on a mission. And, um, you know, on a short break between an Olympics, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he's going to do in the next go around. My favorite thing about Grant Fisher is like we got on the right side of history at the perfect time because OG listeners remember that we were not Grant Fisher guys. And and granted that was specifically because we were Morgan McDonald guys and we were trying to create a rivalry and you know, when they were in college, they were so like neck and neck that you couldn't be a Grant Fisher guy and a Morgan McDonald guy. Like the, you, you, you just couldn't. Like you had to be one or the other. And we stuck our flag in Morgan McDonald. We decided he was our guy. I mean, he was you know the first guest on this program ever. So of course we're Morgan McDonald guys. Now it's like they're on different teams. They race for different countries. So we can be Morgan guys and be Grant guys. We had them on the show, and we you know. We flipped at the perfect time. As soon as we flipped, Grant started just dominating everybody. You know, there's a couple guys that we're going to talk about later on in the news segment that we've kind of given the Grant Fisher treatment. And at some point, we're probably going to have to flip on. And I just hope we do the same thing. Like, I hope we flip at the perfect time, you know, and get on the right side of history at the exact right time but there was nobody that we like hit it more perfectly than with grant ever since ever since we've decided he's our guy he's the best american distance runner on the track there is one of the best american or best distance runners in the world so yeah i mean credit to us mike i i um so we take he took down galen rupp's record um i was there i believe galen rupp did a few i was there for galen rupp's record in the 5k um, so first thought, BU, best track in the world. Um, so uh, love, love seeing records go down at BU. Um, the other thing that I wanted to – I wanted to, they, sure, they sure do go down a lot at BU, don't they, Steve? They measure it literally. There was, this would not count as an American record if it wasn't like laser measured to the, to the fraction of an inch. So it, it's, just, it's just an amazing track. But uh, – question for you mike at this at this rate when it's all said and done let's say 20 30 years from now we look back who is going to have a better career galen rupp or grant fisher wowza that's i mean we're talking a big game right now about how grant is the best distance run on the track in America at this moment, we're not talking about, you know, arguably one of the greatest American distance runners of all time. I think you have to call him whatever your feelings are in Galen Rupp. I think you have to call him the greatest American distance runner. I don't have to call him anything, but for the sake of this <laughs> argument, for the sake of this argument, uh, yeah, I mean, wow, wow, that's an incredible question. Um, I am not ready to call Grant Fisher Galen Rupp. I hope, I mean, dear God, 
do I hope that he dethrones Galen Rupp and you know becomes like America's guy? I'm not I'm not ready yet. And here's why, because first of all, obviously it's a short sample size. Um, but also Galen, you know, climbed the ladders and then took it to the marathon all the way up to the marathon and like an event that it is so hard to compete on an international scale. Galen did that too. So I'm not, I'm not ready to like consider that fact, but I mean, it, it wouldn't take, it's not like, cause I know people will come at us for this argument, right? Like people, for even entertaining this idea, people will come at us, but like granted already has like a very legitimate Olympic resume. Like he already, yeah. his resume is already like super legit. Um, but I think until it's like he gets until he gets like you know a little bit more international and and is able to keep climbing the ladders over time i'm not i'm not I'm not ready there yet I'm still gonna go with Galen, but I like where your head's at, so yeah, I thought it was an interesting question. It's gonna be fun. I need to see i mean he's on a meteoric rise right now. I need to see this. I need to see this over a couple year span. Like if you, even if he continues this for, you know, he, he, he continues at this pace for another full year. Right. And then he gets injured or whatever. He has a dip. I'm confident that he will be, he will be able to pick it up and, and he will, he will be on pace to have a better career than Galen Rowe. But I'm just saying, I, I, I need to see this can, this rise continue a little bit longer, or at least see the success for a little bit longer. Uh, you know, more than just. I mean, it's. I mean, honestly, it's 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 less than a year. It's from it's from the last. It's it's from the Olympic trials to to now, where uh, Grant Fisher has had this unbelievable success. Now he's had so much success in such a short period of time. But you know, I need a bigger sample set. Sure. All right, let's move on here to the news that a, you know, kind of staple in American sprinting, um, talk about all-time greats, uh, is retiring at the age of 40, which age of 40 seems real old in, in, you know, the sport track and field. It seems like, you know, obviously Tom Brady era, you're starting to see athletes compete longer, but still age 40 seems really long to be competing in the sprints. Um, you know, Justin Gatlin, you know, people have a lot of opinions about Justin Gatlin, right? Obviously he, you know, had his doping ban and there's a lot of mixed feelings about Justin Gatlin, but at the end of the day, let me read this resume for you here, Steve. So write the resume. <laughs> Olympic golds, four world championship golds outdoor, two indoor golds, world championship, two uh relay golds, and his medals span from a gold in two thousand four to a silver in 2019 world championships. So the dude's been winning medals for 15 years straight. 
that's pretty damn impressive. Um, you know, obviously, we mostly talk distance on this podcast. I wouldn't say we're the most educated sprint fans in the world. We know who Justin Gatlin is. And like I said, for better or worse, you know, he, he's made splashes. And I have no problem calling him a legend, like right? Like a, a, an American track legend retires at the age of 40 it would be stupid not to talk about it on this podcast so i i was thinking about justin gatlin and i was trying to rack my brain has there ever been another athlete that has been completely screwed by another athlete more than justin gatlin right. usain bolt pretty like if it wasn't for usain bolt we might be talking about justin gatlin like Usain Bolt. I mean, he, I mean, so he won, well, he won his first gold in 2004. 2004. And then in 2008, that's when Usain Bolt wins and then just goes on a tear. And like one of the, not just the greatest sprinter of all time, the greatest hundred meter of all time, arguably one of the greatest athletes to ever walk the planet is in his prime at the same time that you're in your prime. And it's just like, of course he gets popped for steroids. How are you going to compete with the same boat without taking drugs, right? So um, I, I, was just, I was just trying to think, like, is there another athlete in Justin Gatlin's situation? And I don't think there is. Like, his career, I mean, it, it, it's a legendary Peyton career. It, Peyton Manning? Who? Peyton Manning? No, because Peyton Manning still snuck in a couple Super Bowls during Tom Brady's reign, right? right. Like, Justin Gatlin got completely overshadowed as soon as Usain Bolt came on the scene. So, like, I, I – yeah, like, to the point where if it wasn't for his longevity, if it wasn't for that gold before he came on the scene, like, he might have been, like – I don't know. We, we might not necessarily know Justin Gatlin's name, you know? So uh, just, just kind of interesting to think about how, if like, if, if they, if these two athletes were in different time periods, we might be talking about like one A and one B greatest hundred meter runners of all time. True. That's a, a wild thing to, to, to think about because you're right. Like, his gold comes before, and like I said, again, everything we say, I'm sure people be haters. Like, yeah, his gold came before you say him bold. His gold came before he got popped for doping, too. I get it. Listen, I get it. But he was winning gold before Bolt came on the scene. Like I said, his, at the World Champions 2019, he was silver. So it's like for a 15-year span, before and after, he, was, he competed. He was on the scene before Bolt was, and he was on the scene after what was right so like that's how long his career was but that middle portion there i mean he definitely lost out on quite a bit of medals because because of you know the greatest like you said maybe athlete in the history of the planet so very very interesting point and uh but and he was also one of those guys that just like every meet you ever watched he was he was in the mix except for like you know the four years that he, he wasn't in the mix but it felt like he just ran a 10 billion hundred meters in sixties in his career. So, yeah. All right. I kind of teased this earlier in the program, uh, but there was a time trial, a uh, you know, American record attempt at the indoor mile 
you know, at the lead there was Cole Hawker and Cooper Tier. Cooper Tier took the win in this, you know, quote unquote race. We've had our opinions about the type of, you know, time trials and going after these records and stuff like that. And my opinion stays the same at this attempt. And listen, I get it. We're biased. We've been critical of the, the Hawker Tier combo in the past. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and harp on going after records, the time trial. At the end of the day, they ran fast as hell. They didn't get the American record, but they ran 350 on an indoor track, the third and fourth fastest indoor American miles of all time. So that's damn impressive. Um, I think my favorite part of it was the fact that they had Bernard Lagat mic'd up. You know, it's his record that they're trying to break. And it's pretty cool to see him, like, coaching them and hearing him on the broadcast. Um, that's my biggest takeaway from this race besides, like, they ran super fast. It was cool seeing, like, Lagat out there trying to, like, coach people to break his own record. Um, besides that, uh, I don't get too excited about seeing time trials. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. It was it was very cool. Um, yeah, the the Legat the Legat part was the by far the best part. I think our boys over at Beer Mile did a pretty good job with the with the broadcast. It was fun to watch. It was it was it was well done and uh, very impressive time for both those guys. Um, they were on the BU track. They would have had it probably. So <laughs> yeah, they probably would have ran like three forty one. Probably would have broke the world record. Yeah. <laughs> Cooper, right. uh, I mean uh, Cole Hawker pulling out his hair tie going into the last it's last uh, quarter mile was a little weird. I don't know how I felt about that. He he might have beat uh, Tier if he didn't do yeah. that. So I, I will say that's an interesting thing. Like I feel like we've already decided that um, Hawker is like the mile heir to the throne, and Tier is like the five k ten k heir to the throne. Tier is a badass miler, right? And he's like, yeah. I think he's beaten Hawker twice in a row since um, the Olympics. So, I mean, like I said, we like we do give these guys a hard time. There's no doubting that it's a it's a scary combo. And here, here's what I will say: say something nice about Cooper Tier and Cole Hawker. The fact that they're doing this and they're like boys and best friends and they're just like lighting the american you know middle distance scene on fire right now is a very cool thing to see happen like imagine like just like with your boy you're out there just like and all the attention's on the two of you and i don't know like to me like that is a very cool dynamic so maybe this is me just setting up to turn on them at the right time when one of them does break the american record we'll see I don't know. All right, another hypothetical scenario, Mike. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, so tomorrow at BU, we're going to have Cole Hawker, uh, Cooper Tier, Grant Fisher step on uh, the starting line for a 3K. Now we're going to put the odds at minus 150 for Grant Fisher. We're going to say plus, we're going to say plus 200 for tier plus 250 for cole hawker who you putting your money on i'm taking hawker at plus 250 plus 250 i think i'm going grant fisher at that point i'm just taking um taking the best odds i'm taking the best odds because i think any one of them could win it that's fair that's that's how i'm doing that 
um, back to your hypothetical earlier, you are, let's say, track is now set up as a, um, you know, like professional league, you know, with team, let's say it's set up like the NFL, right? Where like you draft like a team and you compete against each other and you go to the NFL draft, it's a clean slate and you have to go to the podium and take your first overall pick for the future. You're building for the future. And, you know, on your card is Cooper Tier, Cole Hawker and Grant Fisher. Who are you drafting? with your first overall pick yeah and i and i hmm. and i i have the knowledge that grant fisher has the accomplishments that he has yeah the draft is tomorrow so everything that's already happened has already happened ah and that's a tough one i mean because the because the unknown this it's one of those things where it's like Grant has already had accomplishments, but he he also is a couple years out of college, and we've seen the progress he's made a couple years out of college. The ceiling for these two guys, I so mean, the better the better the better hypothetical is the hypothetical that people throw out all the time. Like in in the NFL today, who if you could pick one person, whether it's a a rookie quarterback, an established quarterback, whoever. You could build a team around one person today. Who you choosing, right? right. It's like it's like the argument. It's like so. Are I'm, you taking are you taking Aaron Rodgers? Are you building your team with Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen? I'm it? taking yeah. I'm taking Joe Burrow going into his 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 uh, his third season, a trip to the Super Bowl, accomplishments, comeback rookie of the year. I mean, uh, Grant Fisher's Joe Burrow, right? Where where Cole Hawker is Trevor Lawrence. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's just the greatest analogy of all that time. With the hair and everything. I mean, that's yeah, pretty yeah, good. Yeah. yeah that's I mean, pretty good. Coop, yeah. maybe Cooper's Mac Jones. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I just want to put Mac Jones in the heart. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, yeah. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. I feel like everybody else in the world would probably take either Hawker or Tier. We're Grant Fisher guys, so I'm taking Grant Fisher. <laughs> uh, last piece of news here, our guy. So when I read this news story, right, like when I first saw this headline, <laughs> Yared Nagus is so sneaky still in college, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like when I saw he broke the NCAA 3K record, I'm like, how is he still in college? Right, and it's like you forget because. Uh, like uh, the other guys that he's always lumped in with tier and Hawker and stuff like that. They made the jump to the pros and this guy cares way more about his education than he does about smashing all these records. So yeah, he's going to stay in college as long as he can and, and ace all these classes and stuff like that. But yeah, sneaky still in college, still smashing records. And yeah, it's like, I, I, I feel like I forget, how good he is until he just smashes another record and just like then you kind of forget about him and then boom two or three months later he's smashing another record i mean the goose quietly making a bid at being one of the greatest collegiate runners of all time for sure 
And, you know, the thing I love about the goose is, you know, we were praising Grant Fisher earlier for his form and how great he looks out there, how strong he looks out there. The goose has the ugliest form I've ever seen. And I love it. He's got, he's got the, he's got the, uh, the Mikey freshman year boxing form, just like punching himself (laughs) in the face as he's running. His arm carry is like the wildest thing I've ever seen, but he just gets out there. He just, he just chips away at it. And he's just, he's an unbelievable runner. So there we have it. Our news. And, and, I, and I will say, Yared, you know, he in the past year, he's come under some fire under the Olympic stuff. I think we always on this podcast, we we've defended him like he earned the right to be there. And, you know, he, right. the haters can say what they want about about being the Olympics. The dude's an Olympian and he comes out here, gets another record to his name. Um, yeah, the, the goose is loose, baby. Yeah, so on this. On this new segment, we covered a world record, an American record, an almost American record. American legend retires and an NCAA record. That's a wild news segment. Uh, track is back. I feel like we had a, a ton of episodes, you know, where it's like we're making up stuff to talk about. We don't have real results. Those are real results. And, uh, yeah, whatever. We got a little nerdy. We talked about tattoos, did what it was. That's all I got for the news. So, Mike, uh, you know, to finish up the show here, I want to talk about something. Um, I I realize now how much we need the two years in between each Olympics. Because I'll tell you what, I I enjoy the Winter Olympics. I typically enjoy it, but I have not watched a second of it, and I couldn't care less. And I think the reason is is because I kind of, I kind of got my Olympic fill this summer, and I don't need the Olympics this quickly again. You know what I mean? I, I agree. I, I think the, uh, I mean, honestly, if I'm being completely honest, and this might sound crazy, I wish we would go back to the old system, and do Olympics every four years. But they would do them. They would do them in the same. They would do them in the same year. Oh, is that winter. what it was? So, so they offset they offset the Olympics by, by two years, which is, which is perfect, which is great. Right. Cause you, every two years you have a summer and then every two years you have a winter. And it's like, it's actually a nice kind of cadence. What I'm saying is, is like when you do the winter in the, in, in the summer in the same year, it's, it's too much. It's too oh, much. It's, it's def it's definitely too much. I, so I, you know, noted, I, I like the winter Olympics better than the summer Olympics. Obviously I like track. If I have to choose one Olympic event that I can have, I'm obviously taking track. But if you look at it as a whole, I like Winter Olympics way more than I like Summer Olympics. Uh, so I have been following some stuff, I, but it's hard. Like It does feel like Olympic overload and exhaustion. Uh, but I've been catching my speed skating. You know, my guy, Sean White, is somehow still snowboarding. He, had, he retired after he fell on his last run uh some girl from connecticut won the silver in in the snowboarding so you know i've been i've been catching up on my winter olympics but you're right it it is exhausting doing two olympics in the same year we don't need that nobody needs that um so yeah i'm watching because i feel the obligation to but i agree with you it's too much it's too much and uh, at the beginning of the olympics i did 
I did pull up DraftKings to see what I could get because if I knew if I threw some coin down on a couple events, I would care. You haven't been able to bet on any of the Winter Olympics, which is uh, that's which is, just simply which not is true. Not am I missing something here? Yeah, you're missing something because where I've definitely played my hand in a few things here. Have you won any money? Uh, nope. Not in the Olympics. I, uh, let's see. I definitely bet Sean White and he fell on his last run. So that didn't work out. I do have, um, the U.S. curling team to win gold at plus 800. Can you still bet that? It's not over yet. Let me see. Hold on. This is great radio. Let me see what we have for. Wait a second. How the heck is Jordan Spieth plus a thousand to win the Masters? Yeah, it's, how, he should be like plus like four thousand. Like, how is this? It, this is what drives he's me. The second ranked golfer Nuts. going into the Masters. Yeah, he's awesome right now. He's been but, crushing. He's like, I know he just he, he just finished second in uh, the most recent tournament, and he's been like in the top five. And he he he's on fire. Jordan is so back. But it drives me nuts because you know me. I put money on Jordan, you know, through thick and thin when the Masters come around. You know, I don't care if Jordan can't make contact with the golf ball. I'm taking him. And then this year, he's almost a guaranteed win in my book. And, he, you know, he's you're getting like pennies on the dollar for this freaking Masters bet. So I'm not happy about it. I I would prefer he was coming sorry, into this. Sorry, that was a sharp tan. That was a sharp uh, veer away from the top. But I feel it caught my eye, and I I feel passionate about this. Um, all right, so in in the Winter Olympics right now, the only thing they have lines on are the biathlon, the bobsled, the figure skating, the speed skating, uh, men's one thousand, and speed skating men's master. All right, should we? Uh, do, do me a favor. Pull, pull, Should we do pull. a live bet? A live bet on the men's 1,000 ski speed skating? Yes. So this isn't the short track, which is my favorite event. This is the sure. speed skate, but that's okay. We'll Put still it do it. it. Um, so this is going down. This is going down at 3:30 a.m. tomorrow. So it's going down in like five hours. That's okay. From no, that's good. Like from right now. Uh, all right, here, here we go. We have. At minus 150, we have Thomas Kroll from the Netherlands. So he's the heavy favorite. Because next we have plus 400, also from the Netherlands. Oh, my God. This is crazy. We have uh, gelled Najus. Nuis. Jed Nuis. Also from the Netherlands. At plus 600, we have Kai Verbage. Also from the Netherlands. At plus 1,000, we have... Hein Otter Spear. And then finally, we get out of the Netherlands. Uh, Zoyang Ning plus 1000 China. Uh, Havard Holm Heisen from Norway at plus 1500. Yeah, and then we keep going down. So, what give are we me, thinking? Give me Najus's loose. Yeah, Najus. All right. Except, except the name Otter Spear is awesome. His but name it, actually isn't Najus. I said it wrong. It's Nuis, wait, but but I, the first thing I said was Najus, so we're going with Najus. Give me Najus's loose. Okay. 
right, I'll send you that bet slip. We'll see. We'll we'll. Ah, uh, all right. Um, got it. All right. Well, by the time people listen to show. this, by the time people it, listen to this, they'll know whether we want our bet or not. I think we should kick Trent off the off the show. I agree. We did suspend him for those horrible things he said. <laughs> All right. Let's kick off the Bell app. Mike, what do you got for people in Bell app? Uh, for the Bell app, I want to shout out our father. Uh, he turned 60 this week. He's probably the uh, number one two crew member. Let's, doesn't miss an episode. Uh, and we had a pretty awesome 60th birthday for him. We went to the Celtics game. Me and Steve won a little bit of money on the Celtics game. We came back. We watched the Super Bowl. Neither of us won any money on the Super Bowl, so that stinks. I did. Uh, oh, that's right. You um, just won You won less than you should have. And that's true. That's true. Yeah. Bet the uh, wide receiver to win MVP, baby. Oh, and then you won all the squares. Oh, damn it. You won a lot of money. I, I had a profitable Never Super mind. Bowl. I had a profitable Super Bowl. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I just want to give a shout out to our dad on his 60th birthday. Um, on my Bell app, I want to take this time to tell Major League Baseball to get their shit together. What are you yeah. doing? Figure it out. Figure it out, MLB. I'm not having it. This is ridiculous. I can't handle it. I can't handle it. Every headline is just like, oh, yeah, the, the, the players and the union met again and nothing happened it's a figure little, it out I Come on. what we're doing here geez we're it's, not gonna have opening day how we're not like, gonna have what is going on here we, we might not have a baseball season I, ah i'm i'm ridiculous I'm sickened by it i don't we could do another hour on this podcast that's why i kept we, it for the bell other than that i would run faster but i peaked too early mike hit me with the josie josie's on a vacation far away